The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Just slightly, just a little bit in the age of coronavirus. How are you on this Friday, April 3rd, 2020? Welcome to another edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore, and my goodness me, it's just been a really strange time. And this is the new normal, whatever normal is. But I guess this is it, at least for the time being. We are going through a real adjustment. Many of us are. Now, there are people in many other parts of the world who do not look at this as culture shock, who do not look at this pandemic as culture shock to them at all because they have been through things that have been trying and testing all their lives. They go through civil wars. They have gone through those for many, many years. They've lived under hardline dictatorial regimes all their lives. They've seen wars. They've seen battles. They've seen relentless carnage. So for them, it's This whole thing is is not a big deal. I think that many of us here in the United States are rather privileged. And some of us are not, but, but many of us in general are privileged here. Whether we are very rich or whether we are kind of in the middle class. Because we've not seen this kind of 
thing hit the United States. Now, of course, there's been oppression in the United States. There still is. And there are those of us who have experienced that, obviously. Myself included, you know, racial discrimination, racism. And that continues on. That doesn't stop because of a pandemic. So there are some of us who are facing that adversity daily. And then there are many of us, including myself, who we've never dealt with something like the coronavirus. And it is a culture shock. So now we have to start adjusting to whatever our level of comfort is now or whatever our behavior is now. And it's different. I think that it's still important to wash your hands, obviously, as many times as you can. I try to do it, wash my hands even though at home, wash my hands once an hour. I know that may sound a little bit OCD, but <laughs> that is what I try to do. I make sure that early in the morning I do my run, do exercise running early in the morning when it is still dark. I've talked about that before. When there's very few people around, where there's no people around. And reading books is still very important. I would watch um, Netflix or anything like that. And if you must watch something, watch C-SPAN. Or, you know, there's been some stuff I've been watching, even myself, watching CNN uh, on one or two occasions this week with um, Chris Cuomo's show. Some think that Chris Cuomo is somehow taking this lightly. Others, like myself, think that he's actually doing um, a, a decent public service, actually, not trying to lionize him at all. I think he is doing uh, a good service in, in telling people just how this has affected him because he has come down with this virus and it's been horrible for him. So can you imagine if it's horrible for him and he's someone who is well off and privileged as a white male and, and someone obviously doing well financially and economically very comfortable, um, certainly making millions of dollars a year. How, how is it for the rest of us? You know, how is it for people who don't have the virus and who, you know, are trying to find out what the hell's going on. How is it for people who don't have the virus and are working, but have to work from home? How is it for, for those of us who have the virus, don't have a job, and barely, you know, don't know what to do with themselves? So there's lots of classes of people. I mean, how is it for people who don't have a home? How is it for people who are suffering because they really are not comfortable at home because they have a violent spouse, a violent husband specifically, most often? How, how is that? So there are all these gradations that we aren't talking about. And it is important to still try to exercise every day preferably early in the morning, if you can. 
because there are more people on the streets during the day. If you have to do exercise during the day, that's understood too. But I guess the focus for this episode is how do we talk about coronavirus and about how we're dealing with it? Because we are socially distant from each other. We are physically distant from each other. But, you know, we also have to still remain connected to each other. We still have to call those in our lives that we love, the loved ones, people that we love, you know, our partners, if they aren't in the same place that we are in whether that's just because of geographic distance or because you've had to actually quarantine or separate from them or they've had to separate from you. So there's all these different new realities that in times where there wasn't this virus going around that we had to address and look at. And now that there is this virus here and it's here now for goodness knows how long or how short, that is a whole nother picture that, that we have to talk about or wrestle with. People have to do that. So I just find this to be very interesting. I recently heard a well-known, I won't mention their name, a well-known uh, talk radio host who said that they greet people when they take walks They greet people, friends or people who they don't know, you know, if, you know, whether they're talking to them on the telephone or doing video chats or they're walking, walking somewhere and they happen to see a stranger that they're doing their physical distancing from and they will greet that person with happy pandemic. Really? (laughs) Happy pandemic? Oh, dearie me. What's First of all, what's... And I'm not normally the person that um, when someone says good morning to me or happy Friday to me, I'm not the kind of person that goes, what's so happy about it? I'm not that kind of person. I'm not a grump who, you know, because when people say happy Friday to me, I say happy Friday back. Um, Notice I didn't necessarily, I didn't say happy Friday this morning um, in this episode, but... Notice I didn't say that. I didn't say happy Friday. So I'm just trying to figure out how to talk about this. I wouldn't be walking down the street saying happy pandemic to people. (laughs) I mean, maybe that's someone's idea of gallows humor. And maybe that's an icebreaker for some people. Maybe that's a way of them um, relieving their own fears and anxieties about this whole thing and where it's going to leave us when it's finished uh, having its way with us, for lack of a better terminology. Now, you might find that to be an objectionable thing that I just said. Um, I just don't know how else to really talk about this because it is kind of strange, isn't it? But I definitely wouldn't be walking down any street or even talking to friends or loved ones or family or anything and saying happy pandemic to them. What's happy about a pandemic? You know, I 
um, someone can tweet me. <laughs> tweet me at the popcorn R-E-E-L. And you give me your thoughts on that. If you can tell me what is happy about a pandemic, I will read your tweet out in the next episode. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's really, um, it's a difficult time. It really is just to get your head around this. And mental health is very important. We don't talk about mental health at the best of times. And I have in previous episodes of The Politocrat talked about things you can do to ease your mind and to uh, try to unload the burdens of your mind. And I will continue to do those kinds of episodes and advice and things of those th- uh, nature that I think are important. We need to continue to check in with our mental health, with our mental state. Because isolation, long periods of isolation, and then especially long periods of isolation at home, are not healthy for you. You know, that's something that is not talked about a lot. When you are isolated in your home, you know, whether you are with your partner at home, your spouse at home, or by yourself at home, no matter what dimension that takes, if you have a home to go to, let me put that point there. No matter what dimension that takes, isolation for long periods of time is not healthy for you. It's not healthy for you physically, and it's not healthy for your mind. So I think that those things have to be talked about. And when someone says happy pandemic, I think they say that from not just just gallows humor, but from a point of privilege. I think it is a very privileged thing to say to somebody, quite frankly. Because there is nothing happy about a pandemic. I don't think people on the African continent would be wishing anybody a happy pandemic, and they've been through a number of them with Ebola, particularly hitting the African continent, very, very hard. And then in Eastern European countries and various countries, SARS and MERS, you know, those things were were pandemics. They didn't necessarily hit the US severely at all. But my goodness gracious me, I don't think people in those countries would have been walking around wishing people a happy pandemic. Do you see what I'm trying to get at here? It is uh, a difficult time for all of us, no matter what our station. And of course, as I often say here, it is more difficult for some of us than it is for others.
Schoolboy Q. Welcome back to The Politocrat. And I hope that as you are listening to this, that you are going through all of this ordeal and handling it the best you can. I mean, I think that that's one of the things that I would say because it is not easy. You know, whether you have coronavirus or whether you do not have coronavirus it's this is not easy it's a very difficult thing because again look i mean i'm not going to sit here and not acknowledge the realities of that we you know we have someone of course uh in federal government who is very vengeful and willful and surrounded by yes men and and yes women and only one of the people who surrounds him is telling us the real, I think, direct, honest truth. And I'm not talking about, well, you know who I'm talking about. I think there's two doctors who are up there who talk. And there's only one of those two doctors that I now trust. And I think you can work out who it is that I'm speaking of. I'm going to try to stay away from negativity. <laughs> In this, uh, in this edition, but it's not easy. It's not easy to avoid cynicism either. You know, I, I went on Twitter last night and tore the cover off, if you will. Tore the proverbial cover off. Uh, I was very critical of state and local government. Not because they hadn't done a good job. I think in the main, they have. But because I think that they knew about this virus, I have a feeling that they were briefed at the same time that U.S. senators were, which was January of this year. And, you know, my frustration, and I'll just talk about this for a moment before I get back to what I was talking about. My frustration is, is that, look, the U.S. Senate during this impeachment sham trial that was going on in January. They were being briefed. They were being briefed about this coronavirus. Richard Burr was making a killing soon after that. Kelly Loeffler, the senator out of Georgia who has been appointed there to take over from Johnny Isaacson who uh, retired because of health reasons. 
You know, she made a killing a few weeks after those briefings. Insider trading. And now Richard Burr, who's a senator, and I forget which state he's the senator, senator of. And these are both Republicans I'm talking about. Now the FBI wants to see him, you know. We're looking into your insider trading. Well, you should be looking into his for sure. Because he was telling people in February that it was okay. You know, it was okay to uh, um, go out. We're taking all the measures we can. And don't worry, we've got your back, public, general public. We're going to take care of you. He and Lamar Alexander, another senator, who, by the way, he's retiring, Lamar Alexander. He's the guy that chickened out, you know, during that uh, uh, vote and said, well, you know, he did violate the law. He did all that. And the American people have to decide in November. Well, you know, November's coming, but will we have an election? I think we will. It, it may be slightly later than November, though, that this election happens. Because, the, of course, the Democratic National Convention has been pushed back to mid-August. Mid, mid, mid oh, gosh, if I can talk. But there's that. So I think state and local officials knew about this in January. You can't tell me that the U.S. Senate was briefed in January. Surely the House knew this then in January too, the House of Representatives. And you can't tell me that they got briefed. Let's say that they also knew because why would you tell the Senate and not the House? So if the Senate were, if the Senate were aware of this virus in January... And certainly if the House was, because they had to have been briefed also. Then surely state and local leaders across the country were briefed about this. You can't brief senators and House members and not brief governors. You can't not brief governors or brief governors and not brief mayors. So my contention is, is that all of these state and local officials knew about coronavirus in January. And what I was ranting and raving about on Twitter so much last night was, was that with all that knowledge, they still didn't plan for this. They didn't prepare for this adequately. And I think there is some confusion out there still, or at least there was. I had another conversation with someone last night about this whole thing, and we both came to the conclusion both came to the conclusion that there should have been clearer guidelines. I, I, I suggested this in the conversation, I, and I did on Twitter. What should have happened is that in late January, when it was known, because this is when they were being briefed, in late January, a booklet should have gone out to every person's home. Every single person's home, let's say here in California, for example, the state government, in this case, Gavin Newsom, and this applies to any state, every state in the country, should have sent out some kind of booklet that just gave people the basics that they knew in those briefings, just the basics, washing your hands, you know, keeping distant from people. And I know that some of the keeping distant thing may not have been established, but I think that that's the kind of caution that should have been brought to this. And that kind of knowledge, keeping distant, washing your hands, you know, making sure you wear gloves. As a precaution, wear gloves. As a precaution, wear, we, we urge you to wear masks. 
and do so for the next month or so. And we may have to in the middle of February or early February or, you know, in, in two weeks from now, in a week from now, you know, on February 7th, we are going to have to, as a precautionary measure, close down the state or close down the city. That's what we are going to have to do. And I think had that happened, we might have seen or we may see or we could have seen, I should say, a mitigation of some of the panic that we're having. And more importantly than the panic, some of these numbers that we are seeing. So I wanted to kind of go off on that just a bit. Of course, the the horse is out of the barn door. So that is something that has gone now. But I do think that is is instructive. And Nancy Pelosi, by the way, did uh, have the announced that there was a task force, um, a committee uh, on, on the coronavirus and investigating what's happened and the response and all that kind of thing. That was announced yesterday. Jim Clyburn is going to be, of course, you know who Jim Clyburn is. He's been in the news a lot, had been in the news a lot a, a month or two ago. Um, he's going to be heading this task force. And in the uh, press conference that Nancy Pelosi had, the telephone conference, weekly conference that she has, this time it was done obviously on the telephone, um, she announced this and they're going to be doing some kind of inquiry, some hearings and things like that. Good. I hope they, they do investigate the administration, Trump's administration. She said it's not an investigation, though. She said it wasn't going to be an investigation of the Trump administration, I think it should be. Anyway. We'll see how that goes. But, you know, these times are are different for us and we're going to have to um, adjust to this new whatever it is. It's not normal, and I, I said that before, but it's something different. It's the new different. I think that's what it is. Right. The new different. It's that new different challenge that we have in our lives. And I think what we do and how we react is obviously going to determine um, how we come through it. You know, Um, and I said earlier, you know, being indoors, it's not healthy for your state of mind. That's why it is important to get out and exercise. Preferably during the morning, but we need sunlight. We need sunlight too. So I I would recommend anybody, and I'm going to say this, and I did say it in a previous edition, but I'm going to say it now. Get some fresh air. Take a walk somewhere during the day. You know, Um, hopefully you can avoid people as best you can (laughs) to the extent that you can avoid people. And I'd stay more than six feet apart from them. I would stay a lot, you know, it's kind of sad that we have to do this because it's funny because in the, in the normal, most quote unquote normal of times, there's times when you go out, when you take a walk, when you, and you see someone that you know, and you don't feel like talking to them, that happens to us, right? We sometimes get into these phases where we will be out on the street and we'll see someone and then we'll Try not to talk to them, right? I mean, I think that's happened to everybody, even the most sociable among us. And I would actually like to toot my own horn and say that I am a sociable person. 
You know, I mean, I'm not somebody who um, is jumping into people's conversations to be sociable with them, but I'm approachable, sociable. But there, there are those days when I say, you know, do I really want to even, what kind of energy do I want to really expend with this conversation that I may have? And then you hopefully don't have to. Um, but I think we all go through, I think everybody listening um, to this, if you're listening to this right now, you, you are, you can identify with that. I think we all are, we all go through those kinds of things. Welcome back to the politocrat. And then there are those things called sleepless nights. Now look, I I want to ask you, are you having sleepless nights? Are you? Because that's perfectly expected. I will use that word. That is to be expected. And even though you may be going through sleepless nights, it is understandable that you would be. There's nothing wrong with you if you are going through sleepless nights. And you're worried. You know, heck, you know, I've been walking around thinking, my goodness, you know, at night in particular, Oh my goodness me, you know, your mind races, your thoughts, you, you don't know what's going on. Of course, people have that. We all go through those moments of worry, those moments of uh, insecurity, those moments of fear that we go through. This is definitely something that, again, I'm going to call it the new different. This is different. And for many of us, it is the new thing. It is the new different. And again, I want to just emphasize how we uh, get through this is going to do how we react and is going to determine how we are as a group of people on this planet. And there are people, look, I've, I've, my thoughts have been racing. I'm not going to sit here and pretend they haven't. You know, you start to freaking hallucinate, <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, it's crazy. And, you know, and, and you don't, and it's weird because you don't know whether you have this virus or whether you don't. And I talked about that on Twitter also. At the popcorn, R-E-E-L. You can follow me there on Twitter. But these are really serious things, you know, because for those of us who haven't been tested, and there are people perhaps who may have been tested, who know whether they have this virus or whether they don't. But for those of you who have not been tested, including myself, I've not been tested out here in California. Our testing is really poor. We are way behind the curve out here. Just because the numbers here in California seem relatively low, although there have been a number of deaths here, but just because the numbers seem relatively low here, that is not indicative of that we got out in front of it first. Yeah, we got out in front of it to a degree. Note my criticisms, though. 
um, like I mentioned earlier about the state and local governments and what I think they could have done. What we haven't done very well is that we haven't tested people at all. We have not tested people. If we have tested people, we've used a corporate company like Quest Diagnostics or whatever their name is, Quest, a company that's very much in with Trump. <coughs> and we've used that company. And there is a backlog of 57,400 tests. So that there are people who have been tested, but they've not had their results yet. I've talked about this before. They've been waiting a week. They've been waiting two weeks and they still don't have their tests results. Can you imagine what that must feel like? What are they supposed to do? Well, stay at home for one. You know, I would not be going out there while you're waiting for a test and still going out. I would be staying at home. But people haven't been told that necessarily. I mean, look at Senator Rand Paul. He got tested and then while he's waiting for his results, he was swimming in a swimming pool in the Senate. The Senate swimming pool, great. Then he, then he gets a test and he finds out, he gets the results, he's positive. So we really have to do better. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, California's testing is way behind. So that's really false. When we start to get tested here for real, those numbers are going to skyrocket. But I want to get back to my main point, which is, you know, we have to... These are fears that we have, you know, for those of us who haven't been tested, we, we don't know. And then any little thing that happens to us, if there's one cough, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I coughed once a couple of days ago. It wasn't a bad cough or anything, but it was just a, a little cough, a couple of coughs. And then I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, do I have this thing? You know, I was telling so I had to tell someone, oh my goodness, you know, I, I just coughed. You know? You know what I mean? I mean, and I get the response back as, uh-oh. And I mean, it's a cough. I mean, on any given day of any week or any weekend, right? You will cough once because your throat is dry, you need to hydrate, which is why Speaker Pelosi is correct when she keeps saying hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. And she's also right when she keeps saying Test, test, test. So, yeah, we have these kinds of worries and fears, right? If you have slight dizziness, I had a dizzy, a, a brief dizzy spell um, the day before yesterday. And, you know, I've had, you know, years ago I had, a you know, there's a moment where, you know, your equilibrium slightly off. Now, this has not been something that's happened throughout my life or anything. But, you know, a few years ago, I had a dizzy spell. One or two, you know, one, once or twice. And I had one two nights ago. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. So I went on Twitter, at the popcorn R-E-E-L. And I asked the CNN people, you know, Sanjay Gupta about these dizzy, well, I had a dizzy spell, you know. Is that connected? And then I got a response back from somebody. I don't know if I should even mention the response to you. It might actually freak you out, which I don't want to do. You can read the response on my Twitter, Twitter feed from uh, Thursday, April the 2nd. I'll just leave it there. But the point is, is that we all have these fears. And now 
Is it stress? Is that why that where that dizziness came from? Is it being in the home for extended periods? I mean, I think the stress of this whole situation, no matter what your stress level is to begin with, right, on top of that, because people have stresses every day, we all do, and those stresses are very different for very different people depending on where you are situated socioeconomically and all those other things, what, what your race is, what your gender is, how you, what your gender identification is, whether you're binary, non-binary, you know, all of these different things, you know, whether you're straight, whether you're gay, whether you're trans, whether you're, I mean, all of the, these are all different things, right? That impact in a, in a patriarchal, white, male dominated, racist society, transphobic society, misogynist, sexist society, right? These are things, you know, capitalist society, these things are all things that come into play. And the, depending on your interaction with who you are and your interaction with that society, they're stresses, right, that get, are, are, part of the, are part of this whole journey. So, you know, then you add this to that and then, of course, yeah, people get concerned and, yeah, people start to wonder if the walls are closing in on them. You know, that's one of the reasons why I played the Queen song there, I'm Going Slightly Mad, you know, at the start of this episode. <laughs> because... Because, yeah, this stuff is, <laughs> it is getting to me a little bit. I'll be honest with you. The, the, the walls are closing in, you know. <laughs> but, you know what? The thing to do, as I do and have done, is get exercise, take a walk, get some sunlight, which I'm going to definitely do today. Because <laughs> I, I will admit, I, I have not been doing that lately. And I think that that's as big a, <laughs> an issue as any. Um, get some sunlight, really. Get some sunlight. Um, get outside and get some sunlight. I think that's very important. Um, play music. I think D-Nice has just been sensational. He really has been. So um, his club quarantine on Instagram. And if you have an Instagram account, please go to D-Nice. D-N as in Nancy, I-C-E. Do, do that. Go to his account um, and get on the club quarantine train. It is such a good feeling. And he did a late night groove last night. For those of you who are having problems sleeping, I, it's really, he had the lights off and he was just playing the music. There was something like eight and a half, nearly 9,000 people checking in and, and interact. That is one of the great things, isn't it? D-Nice with this qu uh, club quarantine. I, I have talked about it before, but I urge you, it is a good thing. And uh, even though I really do recommend that you keep the lights off at night um, before you go to bed and really limit the use of electronics and turn them off, I would, sus I would subscribe to listening to some music. If it's not the D-Nice Club quarantine, um, have some music playing somewhere, you know, light music, keep the phone away from your bed, you know, have it, have it handy, have it about six feet away, but keep the phone uh, away from you, put some music on, soothing music, something soothing, it does make a difference. I want to thank you very much for listening 
to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.